Uh, what are we talking about? Is the progressive movement dead? Yes. We failed. We stopped asking for things. Mm. Do we ask for things anymore? Remember when we asked for Medicare for All? What was that, like a year, two years ago? I don't know. I mean, some people stopped talking about it. Uh, some people started stopped talking about it when a pandemic hit. You recall that? Yep. Everyone just stopped asking for Medicare for All once a pandemic hit. It's kind of a problem. It is a problem. I'd like to compare that to the Keystone XL pipeline, which has been dead for years and has now been brought back from the dead single-handedly by Fox News. I'd like to put those two things side by side. What does that say about where we're at versus who's on message on the right? The Keystone XL pipeline has no reason to exist. It's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to do anything for me. It's not doing anything for anybody. But, like, it's back on the agenda now. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Why is so Medicare? <laughs> you don't like the headset? No. <laughs> this isn't even mine. This is, like, a gaming, a gamer headset. Is it? Is it uh, Bluetooth or is it plug-in? It's plug-in. Oh, really? Try turning down your computer speakers by 50%. I got I earbuds for Christmas, so you could try them. I don't know if you want to. Try something like that. Does that sound better, Eric? I turned it down 50%. Just let me know in the private chat. Um, So, I mean, I don't know, Johnny. Like, that's a good question. I mean, my whole thing is, is like, I feel like, again, the moment that Trump lost and Joe Biden won, people just yeah, we were done. Right. He passed one bill. He passed a pandemic relief bill, and then he kicked his feet up and was like, "Yeah, we're not really doing Build Back Better. We're just going to stop. I'm going to short you guys six hundred bucks, and we're moving on." Well, and you know what's really sad? People will still vote for him again. <laughs> I mean, he didn't escalate the nuclear alert level or whatever. Uh, we're not at DEFCON, whatever. I forget which way it goes. At this point, not going to nuclear war seems pretty good. He's beaten down my expectations, Sabrina. I got to be honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's where we're at. Are you pro or or uh, anti, you know, World War Three? <sighs> Definitely anti. I mean, like, this is, <laughs> isn't this that is enough, just, though? Like, <laughs> at this point. This is just ridiculous. That's what Democrats do, though. They beat down your expectations. He didn't give us World War Three. That's enough for us at this point. I know. I know. But I mean, I just kind of feel like, I'm sorry, man. This headset is driving me crazy and now I'm getting all hot. Um, <laughs> Your ears get warm? Yes. I don't like this. This reminds me when I was a kid and my mom used to have me wear headbands and it feels like it's squeezing your head. Oh, if it's too tight, can uh, check if you can extend it. Because sometimes there's a thing where you can like enlarge it. Okay. Maybe, uh, can I see you doing this on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, there you go. You found the enlarging thing. Do the other side. Yeah, do the other side. It doesn't move. I think this is meant for someone with a small head. No, you just got to enlarge it. Do Do the left side too, right there. Nope, a little higher. It, it really doesn't move. Pull it. No, separate it. Nope. Yeah, right there. 
I'm trying to guide you with a lag, so it's not working out too well. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll figure it out later. Oh my god! No, I hope that, no one else that headset doesn't look bad though. Like you got a there's a a little spacer thing. I just hope no one else sees this. Uh, I, I hope no one else sees this stream. Sorry. It's just you, <laughs> me, and like 311 of our best friends. Don't worry. It's all good. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Johnny, any other questions? Uh, what did I uh, Let me see. Uh, I, I tell you what, I got one more comment. I, I'll let you do what you want with it. Uh, somebody said they want to live out their 80s Cold War fantasy. What was it? I am Lux. You know what? I think that's on to something. And uh, I'll throw this out there and you let me know what you think. Um, I feel like a lot of neocons and uh, CIA types, they really love the Carter administration when they got to do, you know, supplying Stinger missiles, you know, surface to air missiles and anti-tank missiles to, you know, rebels in, Uk- in uh, Afghanistan. And I think they want to do that again in Ukraine. I think they just want to like a nice long dragged out war where lots of people get killed. I think they're just into that at this point. I mean, part of me wonders sometimes if this is part of population control. <laughs> Jesus. You never know. You never know. Uh, you know what? I don't think they're bright enough to actually pull off population control, even if they wanted to. <laughs> they're just not that. They're just not that good at what they do. Let's be real. Oh, man. Well, Johnny, I really appreciate you calling in, and I appreciate your tech support. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can, Sabrina. Hey, I'm in the Boston area. I just found you probably, like, within the last month. I enjoy a lot of your content. Um, you know, hope I gave you a laugh or two. Uh, you know, good luck with the show. Right. I won't hold you up too much. I've been, I've been milking your time uh, for a while now. Case Study QB is in the queue, so I'll, I'll let him get in there. He's always got good stuff. Case Study. Yeah. All right. All right. Kick me off. All right. Hey, what's going on, Sabs? Case study QB. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say much love to the previous caller. Much love to you. Thank you for using my clips because, you know, that's that's something that gives me fire. That gives me motivation when I see Harlan's media. Brianna had a show with a ton of clips, and then you – Using the clips today is like, wow, okay, I got to keep it going. That gives me motivation, so I appreciate that. Um, and to answer your question, well, first of all, I, I was watching the show, so I want to confirm um, with you that, yeah, the big, big pharma is they, they just, they do not look for cures, and they want you, they're like the real street drug dealers, like nowadays, because they just want to get you hooked on the drugs, and they want you paying for life. And I'll give you a personal example. I have bad eczema, and um, I've been trying. I've gone to like probably over ten different dermatologists, and they one the, the last one I went to said, "Oh, you're in a great time for having eczema because within the last two years we have uh, a new treatment for eczema." I was like, "Okay, great, wow, we got okay. I can finally you know get rid of this thing." And they say, "Yeah, it's called the big the pixin." And you have to inject yourself once a month with it. I said, okay, interesting. He said, the only thing is you have to use it for the rest of your life. And I'm like, what? I got to use Yeah, you got to use it for it. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so um, I, I just want to confirm. You still there? I just want to make sure you're still there. I am. 
Okay, cool. Okay. And then the last thing I'm going to say um, about is the progressive movement dead? Is the progressive man? So I, I like to be a hopeless, a, a optimist as much as I can. But I must say that the progressive movement is like my New York Knicks. They just keep losing. They're not like your Boston Celtics who've been winning on a winning, you know, streak 18 win. Uh, out of their last 18 games, they won 15 games. But, um, yeah, we just keep losing. I believe of the inside-outside game, right? The inside game would be the squad and so-called progressives, but they're not being—they're not winning. And then we got the outside game, which would be our—you um, know—we're—we're we're growing because we got the march for Medicare for all. We had the force to vote, and I love these kind of actions. We, you know, the general strike summit. You had the women's summit. And then the third summit, I'm hoping to be a part of that. That's coming up. Like, that's what I call outside growing. And we're growing because we, we would think that it, this kind of energy would come from the very top of our progressive movement, which I would consider TYT. And they started, they tried with the, the um, Justice Democrats. They, they tried, but we need industry's action. We're growing. So I, I, the outside game is still growing. The inside game has been disappointing us. We're losing. We're the Knicks. What you think, Saps? Yeah, I know. I see what you mean. I think like a big part of it is just because I hate to bring this up again, but it all goes back to the money. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to talk about that. A lot of people don't want to talk about that. I'm sorry, Saps. Is there any way you could come a little closer to the mic? I, um, I can't oh. hear you too well. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's a little bit better. Oh, sorry. I moved the microphone. Um, I feel like the reason why a lot of these things are not getting done is because of the money. And I feel like this is the problem that we have in the progressive movement. A lot of the people that we've been watching for over the past couple of years hosting these shows that kind of they brought us over to this space. Right. So they introduced us to the squad. They introduced us to people like Bernie Sanders. The problem is that those people are not of the same class as a lot of us. So even though they wanted to fight for those issues, you have to remember at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, they're still going to be fine. And I think that's what people don't, some people may not understand. If we don't get Medicare for all, people who are, are millionaires, people who are rich, they're still going to be fine. If we don't get, you know, cancel student loan debt, if you are a millionaire, you're still going to be fine. So there's been people, I think, in this space, they've made a lot of money coming into this. They've written books, million dollar deals. And so, yeah, they can still, like, preach the narrative and preach the rhetoric. But at the end of the day, if the squad fails, it doesn't really hurt them. They can always pivot to something else now, which we've seen some of them do. Like I said, like, after Trump lost and Joe Biden won, all of a sudden people's talking points started to change. And it's, it's really disappointing. But at the end of the day, I think, in a way, I'm kind of glad that this happened because it shows you who was really willing to fight and who's not really willing to fight. So for the people who are not strong enough to fight, we need to go ahead and weed them out. Let's just let them go ahead and go and do what they do. And the people who do want to stand here and do want to fight, especially the work on the outside, we need people who are strong, not just physically strong, but we need people who are strong-minded. We need people that, at the end of the day, really have nothing to lose. And I think that's the problem. So... Yeah, like I said, it's unfortunate, but again, a lot of people are not talking about the money because 
if they bring up the money issue, then they're talking about their self because they're a part of that same class. So that's why I always bring it back to the class issue. But I'm sorry. When you have, like, progressive candidates who said they would only take grassroots donations and you see that they're taking corporate money, whether you're wealthy or not, if you're on the left, you have to call that out. And people have not been doing that because they want to be nice to their friends, because they don't want to lose their social circles, because they still want to make money in this space. But if you have to lie to people to make money in this space, what does that really say about you? Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. We, as the outside, you and I and everyone in this chat on the outside, that's our job. That We got one well, we we got more than one job, but one of our main jobs is to call out our own leaders. I think um I I, I don't know if you saw the clip. I clipped out a, a pretty good where um David Sirota and um Brianna Joy Gray was going back on her show. She had a clip on the Bad Faith where they was talking about Pramila Jayapal, and, and I saw Bree was ready to push back that she was a good progressive, and I, and I thought I don't think a David really. You know, I, I kind of understand what David was saying, but um, Bree was definitely pushing back that she's not a good progressive, and they both came to the conclusion that if you're not, if you're, you care more about the Democratic Party and how they look more than actually pushing and fighting for progressive policy, then you're not a good progressive. And they, I think they both came to that conclusion. Yep, yep. And I think we also have to keep in mind, too, again, that goes back to class issue, what class is David Serretta in? See what I mean? It's a little bit different. I know some people will say the same thing about Jimmy. At least Jimmy grew up working class, so he knows what it's like. If you never had to struggle, you really don't know. Yeah, so much love to you, Sabs, and um, keep using those clips to make you motivate me to keep going. So I might go ahead and work right now. I might look for some a little later, but much love to you, and I'm going to keep the chat, the queue going. And uh, on your first show, I look forward to being on many more and hearing you on many more. Have a great Thanks, Case. Talk to you later. Hey, guys, this is kind of fun, huh? Okay, let me go to uh, the next caller. Make next caller. Hey, Sabi, can you hear me? Yes, is this Eric? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know what happened. For some reason, it still shows. It shows that you're muted on the app, even though you're not. Okay, but the good thing is you're not muted. <laughs> <laughs> um, huh? Oh. What kind of questions do you have? You know what? I think the reason why I'm having these glitches with my app is because I have an Android. And it was new for Android. So maybe that's why. Anyway, uh, what questions do you have? Um... I guess, I guess I don't really have questions. Like I, I kind of looked at the, the question is the progressive movement over, and I'm, and I'm just thinking like, it's over in the in the way it's it's currently being done. So, in other words, the Democratic Party is a dead end. Um. How does Shama put it? It's a graveyard for the left. Something like that. So, I would say, basically, the progressive movement needs to actually evolve. It needs to 
like a lot, like like I see what Rome's doing or like a Fide does, like with mutual aid and stuff like that, and you know, just more class based with a class based focus, focusing more on class, um, and and just and may, and maybe instead of calling it the progressive movement. Maybe have it be like a working class movement or like a proletariat movement or something. Um, or, or I guess um, cons- at least consider at least consider the Green Party if we're gonna go party. That's a good point. Because um, the I'm, um, glad that, I'm glad that you mentioned like working like the working class movement or even like a labor movement. I'm glad that you mentioned that because other people have brought that up before too. And the only pushback I've received on that though is that my friend JB, my comrade at RBN, JB was telling me, he said, when you use those terms though, that can exclude people who are disabled and cannot work. Well, isn't, well, me, I, well, I guess, um, yeah, I guess JB has a point there. Um, that's the thing though. Do you, I, I'm guessing, do you use that, like, I guess the only thing I can think of that's close is, like, uh, in everyday people's people's movement, or, or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, something, I, I get, but I totally get where you're coming from. Like, I, I, I think that's what the progressive movement was supposed to be, and honestly, like, I feel like, like a lot of things, I feel like it got co-opted. Because I feel like the Democratic Party is starting to use like these progressive talking points and they've watered them down. And they're trying to make them seem like, see, Joe Biden is is somewhat progressive. See, he is doing these things. And I'm like, no, you took progressive terms and just watered them down. Exactly. Like this this joke version of the Green New Deal, I'm like, uh Howie's plan is nothing like this. That's such a joke. It's, you had a one-page resolution at best. <laughs> and speaking of that, I don't think a lot of people know the situation with the Greens. Um, no, 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 because they actually, and this is why, this is why I'm suggesting because of their situation. The um, the eco socialists in the party are the majority. So. Well, people are complaining about, oh, there's problems with the Green Party. I'm like, okay, didn't help make the eco-socialists a supermajority then. And then have a type of, like, force-the-vote situation in the Greens. I could see that happening, too. I mean, well, that was one of the questions I had. I was like, why aren't we trying to take, you know, similar candidates and run them through the Green Party and take over the Green Party? Yeah, because I, I just think, honestly, it's because people don't know the situation in the Greens. That's a good. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. For me, I think I'm really going to try to see if I can get. And this might be a long shot, but I'm really going to try to see if I can get Jesse Ventura to come on. Oh dang! I think we need to hear from somebody who did it that way and won because they know what it took to win, and he knows what it takes to be successful. Oh yeah. Um. I don't know if you can. Uh, I may, may. I don't know. Maybe. Um. I know he hasn't really won anything, but 
Maybe try to get Howie on. Maybe. Oh no, I don't know about that one. I, <laughs> maybe I, that's 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 the look. biggest. I know he's not the most exciting person, but <laughs> you know, much respect. But I don't think that Howie Hawkins was the right candidate to run uh, in 2020. And I know, uh, you know, Jesse decided he didn't want to run after all anyway. But still, out of all the people, I just don't understand why they went with that one. And, and actually, some um, a Green Party. You know, a uh, member actually came on and talked about that and what happened with that process. Uh, but I still would like to hear from Jesse Ventura himself to see if he can explain, like, like what are we doing wrong? Like, there has to be some type of – he won somehow, right? And he didn't run through the Democratic Party. Shama Sawant won, and she didn't run through the Democratic Party. Well, to be fair, to be fair, they are local races. But I think that's where we should put more of our – Yeah. Yeah, just, just, make it, just make it sure it's clear to – it's clear not to, like – give our hopes up too much you know but it, but it is an important but keeping our focus on local politics is important too because that's where you start seeing that's where i start seeing like with with me teaching it's like this dumb you start seeing like this dumb battleground like crt and all this stuff um excuse me what <laughs> what where did this come from Just, posted, um, and this is uh, Johnny GL just posted on YouTube. Shama has gotten more done on city council than the whole squad. God damn! It just you can do a lot more locally, and I'm actually putting together a ballot initiatives panel uh, for YouTube. I'm working with uh, Kira over at Harlan's Media to put that together because people need to understand if you live in a ballot initiative state, there's a lot of things that you can get done just through ballot initiatives. Like that's how we legalize. I don't know if I can say this on this uh, app, but that's how we legalized, you know, green uh, here in, in Massachusetts. And there's other things that you can do through ballot initiatives. And for people that say that they don't live in a ballot initiative state, that's okay. Because what's supposed to happen is you get things passed in those states that have ballot initiatives. And then you put that puts pressure on the states that surround those states. And I've seen that happen a lot here, like living in New England. So I think we need to... We need to look more at what we can do on the local level and not just focus on federal politics. True. I, I don't know if my state is even a ballot initiative state. Um, I'm down here in Florida. I don't remember if it is or not. Um, I believe Florida is. Uh, let me see. Yeah, JB and I are Florida boys. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> is one of the ballot initiative states. Nice. So, yeah. I mean, like, there's there's a lot of other things that you can do at the local level. I even said the same thing. Like, why are we asking, still asking Joe Biden to decriminalize, um, again, green, I don't know if I can say this that, but decriminalize that when we should be trying to get these things passed through the state level. Because right. Because people I've spoken to, whether they're uh, Democrat, Republican, or Independent, most people agree legalizing that yeah it, it eventually we eventually eventually we will get to full DLRT on marijuana and it shouldn't be taking this much time but it is unfortunately yeah. um hey Virginia did it true and um yeah I'm 
I mean, I've kind of, I've kind of considered local office myself, but given how wards are set up, I'd have to move back, and I don't know if that's really going to work. Um, but yeah, education has to be the base there. Um, well, I guess community focused education. Because you have people that are just, it's not for me, um, voting's pointless or whatever. Um, but yeah, keeping our focus local should be the plan. Yeah. Um, I also highly recommend, like, I, I think we should be focusing more on not just what the school systems can do, because that gets all of the property taxes and limited resources, but what can we, like you said, what can we teach each other in our communities? Like, we should be teaching each other how to grow food. Most people don't know how to grow their own food. Uh, we should not be relying on the grocery stores. Like, that's a scary thought, and this kind of hit me, like, when the pandemic started, my state shut down completely. And the first thought I had in my mind was, how am I going to get food? So, that's us being, you know, so dependent on the grocery stores, and we it shouldn't be that way. And so I think if we could start, like, teaching each other, like, those kind of things, like, helping people in the community. I live in Massachusetts. It snows here during the winter. There are some people that live here that cannot shovel. They physically cannot do it. So helping out your neighbor, like, the things that people used to do when we had community in this country. I don't feel like we really have community in the United States, and that's a big part of the problem. Exactly. And, and to add on to that, like, it also – as teachers, like being able to actually teach, because <laughs> that—that's—that's that's the other part too. Like, um, like actually, like, I like there are teachers that know about like they are they obviously know about actually what stuff like Marxism actually is. You know all like everything like socialism, communism, anarchism, all of it. They know what it is, and especially down here, a lot of them are afraid to touch it. So, I mean, you got students here that see see what's fucked up. They clearly see what their parents are going through. Like, yeah. like bro, this is fucked up. Like, what? <laughs> Eventually, I feel like they're going to get to a point on their own, but who knows? No, I hear you. Well, Eric, uh, thanks so much. I want to uh, make sure I go ahead and get to Oh, my, my fault. <laughs> No problem. Hey, this is our first time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate this, Abby. All righty. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and take the next caller, and I believe this is Steve. Steve, hello? I think I selected Steve. Steve, is that you? Can you hear me? I think I did this right. Invite to speak. Make next caller. Yeah, I think they need to work on the app for Android. Steve, I don't want to skip you. I don't know if you can hear me. Hey, can you hear me now? Okay, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, a, you're weak, so I, I didn't want to um, speak over you. But, yeah, it's also su it's super glitchy, but it's a fantastic platform. And I know they'll work the bugs out. And we're really lucky to have this. And thank you for everything you do 
and for your sacrifices making this happen. And thank you to your family as well. Cause I, as a man with a family, like I realized doing something like you're doing has got to take away from your family time. So thank you. Oh yeah, sure. No problem. Okay. So I wanted to hit a few points. If you can hear me over the frogs, um, where are my notes here? Um, okay. So on ballot initiatives, I'm in California and we had in the last election cycle, the gig work bill, um, which Uber and Lyft were able to like overturn a state uh, legislative making um, them fall under regular labor law. Um, and then also back, this was, I think in 2006 or 2008, the voters in California banned gay marriage until the Supreme state Supreme court overturned it. So like ballot initiatives are a, a, an arena of struggle to be sure. But um, I just, you know, let's not romanticize it, I guess is the point I'm trying to make there. It can go both ways. Um, I'm just going to hammer through these real quick, if that's okay. Okay. Um, okay. On the greens, you know, there's a lot of talk about greens and I've been a green party member and involved in the state party here and the local party. And on the Howie Hawkins question, I just want to remind folks that like, do not underestimate the trauma of being green after 2000. And with Howie Hawkins, I voted for Hawkins in our primary uh, because I saw him as kind of the most put together of all the candidates. But really, I think he got a lot of support because, you know, uh, rank and file Green Party members were terrified of being put in a position where Trump got another term and they could blame it on the Greens. So Howie was weak and milk toast, but that was in, I think in a lot of ways intentional because we all operate, even though we're greens, we all operate in like social movement circles within our own communities. And like people got like blacklisted and stuff after Nader and it would have been even worse after Trump. So I just want to make that point. Not a lot of people think that decisions can be made by uh, rank and file voters like me who voted for Hawkins in the primary and was just okay with having a weak representative because we didn't actually want to perform well enough um, to, I guess, <laughs> uh, spoil the vote, so to speak. Um, on the subject of movements, I, ref I reject the idea that the squad is represent uh, representative of the movement. I think that obviously we had hopes and the movement pro propelled these people into positions of power. Um, but they are not the movement. So is the movement dead? That question. I don't think it is. In the early 2000s, when I was in high school still, I was, um, you know, tuned into the second Intifada, and I was a very vocal voice against Ariel Sharon and the clearing of Palestinian villages and the, the conditions of apartheid in Palestine. Um, and I was also a uh, outspoken advocate for legal uh, marijuana. And I felt like a voice in the wilderness. Um, I felt alone in a lot of ways. And even though uh, the tide, so to speak, has rolled out with the Bernie Sanders movement, I feel like I have more company in my radical space now than I ever had in my entire life. Um, and the word movement, I like to think of is like, moving right um plate tectonics like the earth is constantly moving 
periodically those tectonic plates will snag and it builds that pressure. And I just want to say that while it seems like it's dead, it's certainly existing and the pressure is building and we're in a revolutionary moment. And you brought up food. And I think that's one of the key things that we need to think about as leftists and organizers is that we need to build our own capacities for waging revolution. That means how do we feed ourselves, clothe ourselves, shelter ourselves? How do we defend ourselves? Um, and these, these are the real questions I think we need to be asking ourselves now because revolution is on its way, whether we like it or not, because capitalism is in decay. Um, and so we need to be positioning ourselves rather not necessarily looking for electoral fights, but also doing the groundwork of creating the conditions for us to wage revolution. Absolutely. Those are my notes. Yeah, no, that's, that's well said. Um, I think, and, and this is part of the, the reason why, like, we need to pay attention to people like Rome, my comrade from RBN, who's, he goes around the country to do tour for the poor. Like, we need to be, be paying attention to that. Like, today he was live streaming. He was buying gas for people just getting people gas. So it's like, it's things like that. No, you're right. Like, you know, I think, uh, I think the, 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 the pandemic woke uh, Americans up, so to speak. I think we are very comfortable in this country, especially when I talk to friends of mine that are coming from places like, like Josana's from Brazil. So she was telling me about what she had to deal with in Brazil compared to what we complain about here in the United States. Right. So right, I think yeah, absolutely. I think Americans, I just think we're, we're too comfortable. And even those who are, you know, unless you're, you're poor, the problem is my biggest fear is that the people who are very wealthy, when, when shit hits the fan, they are going to be the ones that harbor all the resources and everybody else below them, we're going to be the ones without water, without food. And if we don't know how to do these things for ourselves, we're going to be in a world of trouble. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, the concept that I kind of work with is, is called building material bases of resistance, which means like building the basic capacity to meet our metabolic needs because the system will not provision those for us indefinitely. Mm, well said. Well said. No, I, I hear you and I hear you too about the greens. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a frustrating experience. I still think that it was really upsetting to see that Jill Stein was on the ballot in like 48 states and to see like left progressive media tell people to just vote for Hillary Clinton. Well, no, why didn't you tell them to vote for Jill Stein? So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm empathetic to the frustration, but like, you know, we're we're up against like incredibly powerful forces. And uh, Thorsten Veblen is just this like obscure economist who wrote a really fantastic book called The Theory of the Leisure Class, like in the late 1800s. But there's a line in there that I always kind of go to that uh, societies are inherently conservative. Like we meet our needs in this system. You know, you're saying that people don't want change; it doesn't hurt enough, and that's that's essentially what he was getting at. Is that like when you're comfortable, you're like, hey, the system works for me, so I shouldn't really change it. Um, and so we're kind of facing that dynamic. And so I think that a lot of people are just okay um, existing in the system. And we're kind of the voices that see the writing on the wall and are preparing ourselves mentally and potentially physically and emotionally for dealing with this. 
but most people aren't there yet. And so we just have to be the vanguard. We have to be the people that do the work of preparing ourselves for the inevitable disintegration of the American empire and collapse of global capitalism. Well, Eric, well said. Um, I'm sorry, Steve, well said. Thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to go ahead to the next caller. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and, and much love to everybody. Bye. Bye. All right, so I'm going to go ahead to our uh, next caller. I hope you guys can hear me okay volume-wise on the call-in app. So I am going to talk to Elijah. Now let's see if this works. Here we go. Elijah, um, I think there's a little bit of a lag, so I just selected you as next caller, so let me know. shiny on YouTube tonight. I look really shiny. Can you guys tell? Uh, Elijah? Try one more time. Elijah? want to skip you either I think um yeah guys that is one thing I have noticed like with Android there does seem to be a couple bugs like on the app um because like it shows obviously that um it's showing me that case study QB is still the caller and he's not so Elijah, I, I think I'm going to try to come back to you. I see another Eric. Hello? That's you. You here? Yeah. Yeah, I can hey. hear you. Hey, yeah, sorry. I think there were some technical issues with, like, the settings on my phone. I'm also on Android, so that might be part of the reason why. I'm telling you, I think it's an Android thing. All right. No, I know. No, I just have really strict security settings, so my phone just didn't give access to the mic. But... I, I want to answer the question of if the progressive movement is over, because I kind of fit into a weird part generationally, since I was a kid during the Occupy movement. So I remember going to organizing meetings and stuff when I was like eight, nine, ten years old. I was lucky enough to meet Cornell West at like one of the offshoot movements. It was a group called Occupy the Hood. And like, I remember seeing how the Occupy movement grew and changed even when mainstream media was kind of reporting it was dead. Because after Hurricane Sandy, most of the activists from Occupy Wall Street went into Hurricane Sandy outreach. And so we were organizing and actually sending out supplies to people before Red Cross could even get there. And it was so crazy because when Red Cross actually came into parts of southern Brooklyn, Staten Island, they were actually trying to use Occupy Sandy's movement as one of their organizing networks. And Occupy said they wanted to be independent, but Red Cross got the credit. So I think what's interesting with movements now is that it's not that it's dead. It's just too fragmented because there's so many different people who are working on issues locally that don't even communicate with each other. In New York, you'll see people who might be very strong when it comes to climate change, but they didn't necessarily get involved in criminal justice reform 
or fighting the drug war policies wise, or even when it comes to foreign policy, I'd say in general, when you look at the left, you'll have a lot of leftists, especially around my age, where they just defer any foreign policy to whatever the establishment says. And so I don't know necessarily how you bridge all of those gaps. I know in New York, we've actually had a lot of strength from nonprofit groups working with activists in different groups. So there was a nonprofit that was a part of called Vocal, which originally had been called NICAN, but they worked to get housing for people with AIDS originally in the 90s. They were behind one of the groups that did bail reform in New York. And they were also one of the groups, along with the Drug Policy Alliance and other groups that actually got cannabis legalized in New York. So I think there's a lot of different groups and different moving parts. And I think the challenge that we have today is, one, trying to get people engaged. And I do agree that local action is the best way, because whether it's something as simple as like block parties, like I think everyone, I don't know, maybe it's just a New York thing, but I grew up remembering having block closings, people would open the fire hydrants food would be there. If we start doing block parties, events where it's bringing people in where they're at, feeding people, you could have like stoop sales or clothing drives where you're giving away clothes. That way you're actually building community. And I've seen groups in Brooklyn, specifically like Mexicanos Unidos that have done that really well. And so they actually have been organizing across the spring where they do a plaza where they take local food vendors who've been getting cracked down on by NYPD and they bring them to this park. And so they bring people from all across the city in to help uh, the vendors business out. And Uh-oh. Oh, shoot. Elijah, I think I lost you. Oh, no. I don't know what happened. Maybe there was a, maybe it was me. No. I'll try it again. Uh, while I wait for you, I'm going to go ahead and shout out some of these uh, super chats. Thanks so much, Ashura. Is subscribing to Savvy Sab's channel, the new Jimmy Doors Garage. Where is the guy in Dick Long? Oh my gosh, Ashura, come on, come on. Thanks for the super chat, Cool Blue. MSDNC discussion in which they pretend to care. That's a good point. Well said. Thank you for this uh, super chat as well, Ashura. Grim got put on house arrest because he did a grim job on his reporting. Oh my, okay, Ashura, you are like, <laughs> you are cringe tonight. Thank you so much for the super sticker, Debs Mo. Thank you for the super chat, uh, Sparty Matt. A worldwide pandemic couldn't get these slime balls to pass Medicare for all. They can't agree on public health, but they can come together on war. Well said. That's a good point. And thank you for this super chat, super chat, <laughs> super chat as well, Ashura. Hashtag Jamal Blowman. Tweet that on that clip. Ashura, have you been drinking tonight? What? <laughs> what is going on? And thanks for the super chat as well. What the F was Nancy, well, what the F was Pelosi on? Jimmy made fun about it. Yeah, I don't know. She was kind of weird. And thanks for the super chat as well. The frogs want to be part of the call and let them in. Oh, I know. That was so cute. I loved hearing the frogs in the background. Um, so, Eric, I'll go ahead and take 
those comments on Rockfin. And right after this, I'll go right back to uh, callers on uh, call-in. Thank you so much for the tips on Rockfin Roger Meadows. No offense to those with the new intro music, but I really love the original with that jazzy saxophone. With everything going on with censoring, may I make a plea to all of my fellow viewers, start making comments on Rockfin, a worker co-op, while YouTube is corporate. Mm. I want everyone to understand that by financing YouTube, you are financing Sab's future censoring. Oh, Roger! Besides, a $2 YouTube chat, Sab only gets $0.05. Cents. Rockfin, $1.50. Don't feel bad about Pac-Man. I used to be a big fan of someone else from Boston. Russia Maddow, when her name was Rachel. Won't front. I learned a lot from her pre-2016. Lawrence taught me how the U.S. Senate works. Ed Schultz taught me about how U.N. decline led to income inequality. And Melissa H. Perry took me to class on weekends. You remind me of her. Bernie 2016 revealed to us that only Ed was on our side. Oh, good points, Roger. Thank you for this tip as well. I got the perfect way for you to get back at Liz. Start that ballot initiative, baby. Massachusetts Medicare for all. That allow to negotiate for lower drug prices. While you're at it, prohibit companies with 1% or make stake owned by a single out-of-state investor or 5% or more owned by multiple investors from making political contributions in Massachusetts and local campaigns. And prohibit funding independent expenditures, excuse me, expenditures or PACs. Boom. And then I think there's one from Jean. Thanks so much for the tip on Rockfin, Jean, as well. Um, so I don't know what happened with Elijah. I'll try it one more time. And then if I don't get him on this time, I'm going to go ahead and go to Eric. It looks like there's another Eric as well. Oh, I think I accidentally muted myself. I'm so sorry. Okay. No, it's it's no worries. I'm just glad it wasn't. I was making sure I didn't do something wrong because <laughs> it's me oh, we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So going back to, I'm trying to think. Oh, I was talking about just community organizing. Um, I've seen even too, there's this awesome person. I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head. I know now she's in California because I think she goes to UCLA, but she runs this organization called the Youth Alliance for Housing. And she's been doing a lot of what she calls imagination sessions, which is a way where you can actually bring people in in groups and just ask discussion questions like, what would a future with housing mean? Because that's specifically what they do. But you, it could be healthcare, it could be any issue you want to talk about, and just bring people in for an open discussion or finding a forum. Because I think a lot of the Oh, you said um, his volume's kind of low, Eric? I heard him just fine. I lost him, though. Elijah, I'll, I'll come back. Let me go to the next caller, which is uh, Eric. Okay, Eric, I am making you the next caller. Let me know if you can hear me. I can hear you, Savvy. Can you hear me? I can. All right, cool. Thank you. It's been a while that I've been listening to you. And so thanks for the opportunity for me to talk. And the question, uh, the movement hasn't died, but it certainly has been deflated. And the wind behind the sail that was the progressive movement uh, definitely started to die 
after Bernie Sanders essentially dropped the baton and gave up the race for Joe, uh, calling him his best friend. I think that's when you really saw a lot of people that were behind this sort of kind of windle away. Uh, But I think, you know, one of the things that is really great about RBN is that your message is so honest that it is there for the taking right now that if we had charismatic leaders that could actually put forth the ideas that Bernie was bringing to the forefront, but didn't have the fortitude to actually make him into a reality, that it's there for the taking. And so it's not dead, but it's certainly on life support, I want to call it. And so in order to awaken that so that it doesn't flatline all completely, we need to have leaders, we need to have RBN bring up the message that you guys are bringing to the people, to the masses, uh, in a way that more people could hear it so that you can elevate your profile and then start garnering more people attention, which will be, you know, the mainstream in a sense. So we need more of that. So we need to support you guys to get out here to all the states and maybe start by doing some of the some of the bigger states uh, here in the next two quarters or at the end of, before the end of this year. If you did that and you had a strategy that was sustainable, and I talked to CJ about this, uh, I think, yesterday, then we can set up a program with initiatives that can combine other programs and initiatives that are going in those states. And slowly but surely over time, we can bring about some of the changes that you guys continue to talk about. Does that make sense? It does. I like the way you think, Eric. Can I ask you a question? Are you a kid on YouTube? Yeah, I am. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I know, because I've, I've seen your comments before. Like, have you guys thought about doing a college tour? I would love to do a college tour. I think the question is just like, how do we even start that? Um, how do we well, get that together? But we'd well, love I'll, to do that. I'll tell you this. It's by taking the first step and just saying, how do we do this at the first state? And just taking that and, and making it successful. Because as soon as you make something successful, people will start to open up the doors. But the first one will be the hardest to do. Meaning, you know, how do you get, get the, the place to do it and, and assemble and do it safely? Right. But you could do it. We can prepare and help you guys out. And there'll be people, you know, not just me, but others that can strategize with you to do this, to make it a reality. Uh, But the first one will probably be the hardest to do because you've got to figure out how to do it and the boundaries and things that you don't have to work out as far as, you know, how do we do it? What are the resources, the lineup, what you're going to talk about, all of that. But it can be done. You just got to develop it. And that's why I keep saying to use the same things that the the capitalists use against regular folks against them you know we we don't have to reinvent the wheel we literally just have to use what works and apply it what we're trying to do here and make it successful uh, of course you know people are not going to want to listen at first but it is contagious what, what, what i was telling cj yesterday the message is contagious that's the key that you guys have that the other shows don't have you you're what you guys are asking and talking about is the truth. It has the kernel of, of honesty at the very root of it. The other guys don't have that. They're talking around all this other stuff that the, most of the shows. There's a few. You know, I give Jimmy Dore uh, a lot of credit because he does have a tremendous amount of passion that sometimes overtakes uh, the message that he's trying to put forth. 
and people can't get past his passion. But that doesn't matter. If you, if you are really an honest person and you see what he's been talking about all these years, I give him the benefit of the doubt every time because I think he's doing more good than what other people are, are unwilling to accept. But if you look at it holistically, what he's trying to do is actually to better people's lives. And, and most people can't take that because it goes against everything that we're taught by the mainstream. And so it's easy to kind of move him aside because he's, he's so loud and he's yelling. But he's introduced me to many people that I would never thought about unless he talked about them. And so, you know, going back to RBN, you guys have the strategy, you have the, 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 the panel, your group, with various types of skill sets. And I think that uh, there's a lot of people that are listening to you, like myself, that in the background, maybe we can't do it because, you know, we're in different stages of our lives uh, and we have other things that we've got going on, but we can support you. And I think that's what we need to do. So. Wow. Wes, well said. Um, yeah, we would love to do those things. Um, I do know there are more plans that are in the works down the road. Um, I, I don't like to talk about these things uh, beforehand because I'll be honest with you. Uh, some people hear these things and then they'll take your idea. <laughs> no, and, and, <laughs> it, and so that I'm telling you, that's, you know, I work, I work, I've been working my whole life since I was 14. I've, I've gone through so many things that I've seen growing up uh, in, you know, where I grew up here in, in the area that I, that I lived. Uh, and, and I was thinking about this today, you know, how, how much the movies, uh, Hollywood, everything that we see growing up, it sets the stage for us to accept the way that things are. It's the reason why, you know, like even like I'm Catholic. Why is it that Jesus looks the way he looks? Why does he have blue eyes? You know, all these things that are set up by the mainstream so that we are conditioned to accept what the mainstream wants us to do. And it takes so much to break through that, uh, that we accept it because most of us are working every day. We can't see that. Even good people, they can't, even smart, intelligent, you know, even more intelligent than I, they can't see past that. It, and it takes so much to break through it. And it takes a lot of tactfulness. You, you about all, of all the speakers from RBN, you're very tactful and your message is soft, but it gets to the people that are trying to listen to you. So thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So, right. you know, again, uh, thank you for the opportunity. I don't want to take up, you know, somebody else behind me, but I'm going to continue to support you guys. And I, I continue to encourage you guys to do these things that you're doing. Um, and I think there's going to be more good things to come in, the, in this new year. And, and I'll definitely try to continue to support you guys in any way I can. So thank you. Thank you so much. So the next caller is Oz. So I'm going to go ahead and put Oz on the mic. So Oz, let me know when you can hear me. Try one more time. Man, I am super shiny. <laughs> it's an idle camera. I'm so shiny. Oh. 
I think I did it right. Let me know if you can hear me, Oz. Dude, if you guys have the uh, Android app, I'm just going to tell you right now. See, that's the thing. You can't practice. Like, you can, you create the room, and then it's it's live. So, you can't practice, if that makes sense. But you guys got to see my technical difficulties tonight. Okay, Oz, I think I made you uh, next caller. So, let me know if you can hear me. In the meantime, I'll make sure I shout out Ashura's super chat. Thanks so much for the super chat, Ashura. I don't drink and smoke weed, just enjoying the show. Okay, cool. So you're naturally cool like that. All right. All right, Ashura. Oh, Jean, Catherine the Great, do you ever catch yourself? Yeah, self-censoring yourself. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Yes. Uh, I had to do that a lot, especially when I'm talking about like anything related to the pandemic. I, I have to be careful what I say and how I say it. And some people say, well, no, you should just say it anyway. And I'm like, but then you put all this work and energy into a show just to have them remove it. It just, it doesn't, you know, so it's, it's a lot of work for nothing <laughs> if you do it that way. Thank you for this, Harry, for the super chat. World's top two wheat exporters are Russia and Ukraine. Few, excuse me, food and fuel will shoot up worldwide a lot very soon. This year will be hunger. Buckle up. Yeah, this is what. Thank you so much for saying that, Harry. This is very important for people to understand. Like, <laughs> this is not a joke. This is not a joke. And people who are wealthy, they're going to be fine. Like, when grocery store prices increase, you think they're high now? This is nothing. When the prices increase even more, those people will be fine. We will be the ones struggling. And they'll still be telling us to vote for Joe Biden. Okay, Oz, let me know if you can hear me. I made you um, next caller. And thank you for the tip on Rockfin, Elijah. I should have known that when they said preview early. It's so funny. I think that companies assume that um, everybody has an iPhone. I don't have an iPhone. I drop my phone a lot, and I've also heard that if you break the screen, like friends of mine that have had iPhone, if they crack the screen, like, they have to pay for that. I don't have time for that. Let me see. Probably should just go to Betsy. Okay. Uh, well, Betsy's a listener. She's not a caller. Is she a listener on your phone? Let me know if she shows up as a listener on your app. Because that's why I said the Android one is... is uh. It's glitchy. Let me see if she, actually I could just do it on the screen. Oh, she is a caller. See, guys, this is what I was telling you. The app is glitchy because you'll see here. I'm going to make this full screen. Watch this. Bet. See how it shows Betsy as a caller? On my app, it doesn't show Betsy as a caller. It shows Betsy as a listener. So let me boot scoot to Betsy. Let me see if it'll work this way. Invite to speak. All right, Betsy, I invited you to speak. I don't know if this is going to be the same or not. I think I just made you a host now. Yeah, dude. Hello, can you hear, can you hear me? I can. 
Hello? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, awesome. Yes. Hey. Hey, Sadie. Hey. Welcome. Um, this is Betsy from Massachusetts. So, um, yes. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, commenting about that on YouTube, but, um, earlier. So yeah, you kind of took the words out of my mouth before when you were talking about, um, you know, the term progressive being co-opted and I totally feel that way. And, you know, I think that it's very much true on a national level. Um, but in thinking about it, I'm not sure like how much it really bothers me um, because it's just, it's just a term. It's just a name. And I think that whatever, you know, we call the movement, if it's if populist or what, whatever it's going to be, I think it just has to thrive. And so I'm not, you know, I, I think I used to be really troubled by it. And now it's like, I almost want to call it just, you know, neo-progressive, progresses, progressism. I can't say that word. Because I remember like probably like 10 years ago, I used to say, oh, yeah, I'm liberal. And now I cringe anytime someone calls themselves liberal. I'm like, no, 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 you mean neoliberal because it got co-opted. And I think this, you know, the same thing happened. Um, But on a local level, you know, and thinking about this while there are other callers um, and thinking about what I wanted to say is that here in Massachusetts, I think there is a decently strong progressive movement. Um, it's not, you know, as populist in the way that I would like, um, but I'm very lucky, very blessed to have as my state senator, probably the most progressive uh, person in the state Senate, um, Jamie Eldridge. Um, and he he has been a leader and a, and a champion in so many causes. Um, and I work with him um, directly on um, med- getting Medicare for all of Massachusetts, which he puts that bill forward every two years and it's been I think he's been doing it for like 10 years now it's um you know it is a tough it's a tough job but he does it every time um because he knows how important it is and then I've got on the other side my state rep who is awful Kate Hogan who could very well become the next speaker or the next majority leader. Um, God help us all. And she calls herself a practical progressive. And she started doing this a couple years ago when she realized that all of these people in her district, I'm in the uh, third Middlesex, um, are progressive. And I think she got scared that someone was going to primary her. Well, someone is primarying her, actually someone in my town. Um, and he is uh, like getting signatures, get on the ballot, but he's running as a Democrat. And that is a very frustrating thing because people feel like here, as well as I'm sure a lot, most other states and federally, that they cannot win an election unless they run in one of the two major parties. Yep. And that is a huge problem. And the Greens, you know, yeah, they have ballot access just about everywhere. But I feel like no one takes them seriously anymore, um, especially because they don't really run local candidates. I mean, Massachusetts would be one of the perfect states to have a Green Party member in the state house. 
um, or as a as a mayor or something, and and you don't see it. And and so if it can't happen here, I mean, I don't know about California. Maybe the California folks could speak to that if they have any Green Party members in their in their state legislature. Um, and there may maybe there are a handful or something. But you know, and I, I'm a member of the People's Party, um, but I've been <clears throat> very disappointed with all the infighting. Um, I saw your, your interview with Nick Brana. I've, I've talked to some other people about it. I, I, you know, very conflicted. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Cause I, I think trying to take over like the green party, I think that that would be too challenging. And that's, I think the reason why they started the people's party. And that's a question they get asked, asked all the time. But I also have friends who are super, pro- they call themselves progressive. They even populist in a lot of ways, but they still feel like the only way that they can change things electorally is by trying to change them from within the Democratic Party. And my pleas fall on deaf ears when I tell them, look, look what they did to Alex Morse when he tried to when he tried to primary um, um, Richie Neal out in Western Mass. And they still they still just are like, no, 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 I can't leave the party. I have to try and they do it for years and years. And I, I finally gave up and I, I registered, I unenrolled um, two years ago, the day Bernie dropped out. I was like, nope, if Bernie actually wins the primary, I will stay a Democrat. But if he doesn't, I'm, I'm leaving. So (laughs) bye-bye. So that's sort of my two cents. Um, So yeah, I, I, you know, in a nutshell, I, I'm not really, if the, if, if the progressive movement is over, you know, as, as the term progressive movement, I don't, you know, I don't think it's, it's such a horrible thing just because it's been so co-opted and look at all the people in the progressive caucus. I mean, my, my Congresswoman, Lori Trahan is in the progressive caucus and it's such a joke, such a joke. Um, so like anybody, progressive caucus too. right. Right. And anybody can be a member. I think, I think like Jamie Raskin is, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And Pramila Jayapal, I mean, all of them, the squad, I, I lost all hope in them. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just think whatever you want to call the movement, it's got to really just be from the people. And I think it's just a populist movement. And a lot of that I can see, I know what you were saying before about keeping in mind people who are disabled and can't work, but I do see a very strong movement coming from, you know, all of these people who work at Starbucks, who are, who are trying to form unions. And you have like the great resignation of people who just are refusing to go back to jobs that pay crap and give them no quality of life. So, um, so I think that there's hope and I just don't think it's, it's, you know, we can maybe call it the same thing. And the other thing I want to throw out there, cause like, and I'm not sure if at some point maybe you're going to do a show about it. I guess we have to see what the Supreme Court decides, but I think there is a very good chance that Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I may, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but but if it is, or it's something where it's so severely limited that it's like, might as, you know, just as well be overturned, then I, I would think that you're going to have millions of people 
going to D.C., being out in the streets, protesting. And for what, though? What like what is it going to do? What is it going to change? And it would be great if we could harness that into this populist movement or, you know, whatever you want to term it. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, it could very well just be thrown to the, you know, back to the states. And yeah, Massachusetts, we're, we're very lucky, but I worry, I worry about my, I've got female coworkers in, in Texas and I already worried about them. But I mean, I just, I just think about all of these, you know, women all scattered all over the country who are basically, it could be really dire straits for a lot of them. And I, and I want to do, like, I want to do something to, to help. And I think that, you know, part of the movement could, could be just that. I, I don't know. Like I'm envisioning almost like an underground railroad type situation to get the, get women help when they need it. So Absolutely. anyway, I have a quick question for you, uh, Betsy. Um, so I actually, I was at the, the Bernie rally in Boston for his 2020 campaign. And there was over 10,000 people there at Boston, uh, Boston common. And I want to get your perspective on this. Were you surprised that Joe Biden beat Bernie Sanders in Massachusetts? Because I don't know about you. I never saw a Joe Biden sign. <laughs> yes, I was surprised. And I feel, and I think I saw like one or two, you know, bump Joe Biden bumper stickers and like a couple of signs. I was very surprised by that. And I, 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 I'm not really sure. The only thing I can surmise is that there were, I had a bunch of Bernie friends who voted for him in 2016 and somehow they got wooed, you know, they got sucked into Elizabeth Warren's camp. I don't know how that happened. And it, and I tried to, I, I begged and pleaded with them about it. And they were like, no, no, she's, I, I love, I love Elizabeth Warren. Just like, oh my gosh, they're like, Bernie's too old. You know, that was pretty much the best argument they could come up with. Um, and so I think that, that, you know, there was just support, uh, some of, a lot of his support bled and went to her. And I think that's probably, you know, how Biden wound, wound up winning. I was surprised for sure. And I also, but I also know people and, and I myself am in this camp, although I still voted for Bernie. Um, I, I don't understand, and maybe you, you can answer this or somebody, how come Bernie ran as a Democrat again after what they did to him in 2016? He should have walked out of that convention in 2016 and just, you know, been fuck you all because it was clear that Hillary was going to lose anyway. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Well, one of the and I think a lot of people were turned off by that. I yeah. really do. One of the things that I was told is that Bernie Sanders was invited to run with the People's Party. Uh, so that was one of the things I was told to join mm. the People's Party. Um, another thing mm. that, was, that I actually heard Bernie say himself, he didn't want to go the way of Ralph Nader. And so. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, I think he thought if he ran as like an independent. To me, it, just, it didn't make any sense because like you said, they already screwed him over in 2016. Why would he want to <laughs> do this again? Uh, they. The media, not just the Democratic Party, but the media had so many smears against him. And to see him go on the debate stage, 
every other time saying Joe Biden is my good friend. Like, why did he feel the need to keep saying that? And I look back on these things now. And at the time I was just like, yeah, Bernie's doing a great job in these debates. But now I look back on it and I'm like, what was he trying to tell us? Was he trying to signal to us, hey, if I don't make it and Joe does, you should vote for Joe. And and that and I think he was he was yeah. prepping us for that, trying to make it seem like he wasn't as bad as he was. In the final debate that he had with Joe Biden, yeah. Bernie Sanders could have went incredibly much harder on Joe Biden for all the things that Biden yes. has done. And he, he could have hit him on Social Security, and, among other things, crime bill, so many things. Well, I think you know soft. from my understanding is that. In, in, you know, behind closed doors, like they, they really are like genuinely friends. And so I don't, and I could see Bernie having that sort of soft spot and that, you know, when he's saying my friend Joe, I, I think they really are. The problem though, right, is that he's like, oh, I don't want to go the way of Ralph Nader. I'm sorry. What exactly has Bernie gotten by being chairman of the budget committee? What, what, what did he, what did he get? The whole like build back better was, you know, a, a total bust. And it's actually probably for the best that it didn't, that didn't pass because it was so watered down that it was just right. disgusting. So I, I, so he didn't, after all that, he didn't get anything. And, you know, he apparently he agreed to support Biden and to, to, uh, endorse Biden because Biden promised him. He's like, I'm going, going to get the minimum wage raised to $15. And it, you know, that was sort of what what got Bernie on board, and and obviously it didn't happen. And like you said, yeah, it's like the uh, the rotating villain. You know, all people want to talk about is Mansion and Cinema. I started calling her Sin Enema, just because I thought it was funny. But like, no, but it's like, give me a freaking Enema. Like, I don't even like, I don't want to hear about them anymore because there were so many other other Dems who didn't want it. And it's disgusting. And it's like, we got to call them out on it. And <clears throat> I don't know, I listened to I listened to Useful Idiots and, and Katie Halper. And, and I sort of like, I don't know if it's her influence, but I have become a bit of a, of a pessimist when it comes to electoral reform. And, and I feel like direct action is, is something like I'm going more in that direction of, of trying, you know, trying to affect change. Because I, I don't know, even if we rallied behind a single candidate, whoever it was, I know some people love Marianne, Marianne Williamson. I'm a fan of hers in most ways, but I know a lot of people don't like her. Whoever the person is, and they run, <clears throat> maybe they run in as an independent or a green, it doesn't matter because the Democrats and the Republicans will always have way more money. It's just yeah. unlimited. So I don't know how how can you compete with that? And I think what it is, is we have to get the, <clears throat> was it something like 80 million people who didn't even vote? I, right. If, you know, right. you got a slice of those people. people. Yeah, how, right. And the only way to get them is to to actually do things that are, that are going to help them and show, and you have to show them and invest the time and like, and build the trust. Because I mean, you can't blame them for not voting. You really can't because they, they see it as like, well, this, whatever happens, it, I get screwed, right? Whoever's in charge, it doesn't matter. So yeah, I'm a little bit pessimistic about that. Um, but I also, you know, I, uh, just to leave on a, on a high note, like I definitely 
see positive things. I mean, we, you were talking about ballot initiatives here in Massachusetts. We have, well, unfortunately, we're going to have this stupid, you know, <clears throat> app contractor bullshit thing that they that they did in California. But we also have the fair share amendment, you know, of raising um, raising the tax income tax from five percent to nine percent on um, anything over a million dollars. And and you know what's really disheartening though is that apparently there was a poll showing that uh, I think it was like I can't remember exactly, but slightly more people, a higher percentage of people did not support it. Then supported it. I'm just like, how the hell is that possible? Um, that you wouldn't want to tax millionaires a little bit more. It's still nine percent is way too low in, in my mind. But but that's something you know, at least in the states that have ballot measures, that you know, something that can be done. And I mean, hey, look at Florida. Florida. I was shouting at the at the phone when when that guy was on calling from Florida and he didn't know if they had ballot measures because I was like, you guys passed the fifteen dollar minimum wage through a ballot measure, yep. right? Exactly, and they all but they also passed um, I think uh, enfranchisement for for uh, people who had been you know who were out of prison who had been convicted felons, but then the governor like overturned it or some bullshit or the legislature you know something like that so. But I think that there's definitely, you know, some some positive aspects in that in that sense. And I think that really like the local direct action is the way to go. And I'm putting my energies into that. And I know it's going to be an uphill battle trying to to get my state rep voted out of office um, really, really hard. But I think it's still worth trying and getting the message out and then maybe Next time someone runs against her and it's going to be easier, mm. um, you know, to like take some of the wind out of her sails. And if it forces her to move left a little bit, then, then, then great, you know? Um, so yeah, that's my two cents, but, um, I'm so, I was so excited to call in. I, I, by the way, I also have an Android, so <laughs> you're in good company. Yeah, this yep. is so glitchy. I'm still yep. figuring it all out. Like it's showing people as callers that are that have already spoken. It's kind of weird. But uh, thanks so much. Yeah, I know. That, I think I noticed that too. All right. Good. Good speaking with you, you Savvy. Too. I love your show. And by the way, you were really awesome on on uh, Amped Up with Ryan Knight. Oh, thanks. He's one of my. He's one of my favorites. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Have a good you weekend. Too. All right, I want to get to the next caller. So again, this app is really glitchy because on the computer I can see well, Greg was before Aaron. And but on the app, I can't even see. This is so weird. It doesn't even show. Wow. I wonder if I exit out of the app and come back. But then that might end the room. I'm going to have to go to Aaron, I'm going to add you, okay? Wait, there's more than one Aaron? Uh, I see two different Aarons. I want to make sure I add the right person. Let's see. See, it doesn't let you see who the other four other, the other people are. That's what's weird. That's the weird part. Let's see if Aaron fights for the people. 
I want to invite you to speak, Aaron, but I can't find you. Okay, let's see. I don't even know if that's the same Aaron now. This is glitchy. Hey, Colin, man, fix your bugs, man. Fix your bugs. Let's see. Yeah, I don't even see, like, it's not updating the callers on the app, but it's updating the callers on the website. It's just really weird. I wonder what happens if I close it out and come back in. Let me see. Aaron, I think you have to unmute yourself. You should be listed as next caller, and Greg is right after you. Abby, can you hear me? Yay! Aaron fights for the people! Hey! <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's going what? on, Aaron? Is the progressive oh, man. movement over? Oh, man. What a week. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, if we're saying is the squad over, if we're if we're talking about them, uh, I think that it's been a minute <laughs> for that. <laughs> I think it's been over. But uh, to a lot of people's points, um, I don't think the movement is over. I think actually it's just getting started. And I think as more and more people wake up to what's going on around the country and around the world, uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see the spark that we need to get this going. That's my hope, at least. Um, oh, hold on, Aaron. People said okay. they can't hear you. Hold on. Okay. I think it's because let me try it again. Okay. Uh, say something really quick, Aaron. Mic check. <laughs> One two. Okay. Can Aaron. you hear me? Eric, can you hear Aaron? Okay, he can hear you. Okay. Are you good? Okay, let's try it again. Is the progressive movement over? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like basically, my my answer is, uh, if we're talking about the squad, uh, yeah, that's been over for a minute. Um, but if we're talking about the movement, uh, like the actual movement, I think we have plenty of time. And I think it's just getting started. And I think, you know, as more and more people go on strikes and more and people wake up to what's going on around the country, I think um, we'll get the spark that we need to to truly mobilize the way we need to. Um, there's going to be voices like yours, uh, voices around the um, the sphere to just keep it going and keep putting the pressure on and, and continue to speak truth to power. And I think that's how we get it done. Um, we have to be focused obviously on what we need to do, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really have any questions per se. I just wanted to kind of come on and I know it's getting late. I just wanted to show you some love, come on your show, just say what's up. 
Obviously, I love RBN. I love this show for obvious reasons. You know, you you speak the truth unapologetically. So I just wanted to give you props for that and for everything you've been doing. And um, and the not so obvious reason I love this show is because I grew up in Mass, and um, it's like nostalgic for me <laughs> to hear to hear about you know Boston Commons and all this stuff going on. So it's good to hear. And yeah, I just wanted to to say what's up. Awesome. Thanks so much, Aaron. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. All right. I'm going to go ahead to the next caller, which is Greg Bruce. So, Greg, you are up next on the mic. You'll have to unmute yourself. Just got to hit the little the speaker button there. Can you hear me? I don't know what happened. Okay, so that one. Hello? Okay, we're going to the next caller, which is uh, Emily. Okay, Emily, you're the next caller. Can you hear me? You'll have to unmute yourself. Hello? Emily, can you hear me? Okay, I don't know what happened to Emily. Greg, you're next. Can you hear me? Well, first and foremost, can you hear me? Okay, can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. Yeah, I know the Android app is glitchy. This yeah, is, it yeah. was the button to unmute was just not responding. Um, but yeah, I would like to um, echo what um, I think you and uh, Betsy were talking about with uh, Bernie and his uh, his approach with Biden. Like, it was, any of us, you know, we've all watched the uh, his old youtube videos from like you know the 90s where he would just tear uh, right wingers to shreds so we know he's capable of just going up on there and just letting someone have it but he he chose not to um so it's just it does looking back on it does kind of like question like i mean do you, do you really even want this because he could have been tearing the shreds over his i don't want my kids grow up in a racial jungle all of his famous like racist like he, like there's reels of it um and he, even like kamala like she got all this credit for like going after biden but she was soft on him because you know like it was that he opposed busing no no it's not there's a difference between saying uh busing may not be the best way to go about segregation and actually opposing it because you are a segregationist <laughs> then you know, Kamala made it sound like it was the former, but it was really the latter. So she went soft on him. Everyone's, everybody went soft on Biden. He's a target-rich environment of just right-wing authoritarian shit, um, including Bernie. So it's, it, it, that, I think that's what, in hindsight, I'm surprised I didn't see it at the time. But um, back to the question, though, like, is the progressive movement over? And I'm just going to, I don't want to repeat what everyone said, but, like, depends on how you define progressive. But I think the, um, putting that ter term aside, 
um, the left wing, um, the leftist populist movement that really started with Occupy and gained some steam with, with Bernie and is kind of scattered right now. I think it's still there. It's just, it is very fragmented. Um, I think that it needs to get back to kind of what Occupy was, which was rallying behind ideas instead of a person. Um, and and actually, when people talk about like the squad being like the uh, Tea Party, you know, I actually knew people who were Tea Party protesters. And for the most part, I feel like they were more, I mean, this was before Trump, obviously, but the Tea Party protesters I knew were not rallying around politicians. They were rallying around a bunch of right-wing bullshit. But, like, the point is, is they were rallying around ideas. Um, and that kind of gave a little bit of framework for them to then rally around Trump. But, like, I guess my point is, is I, I, I just I just think that we need to get back to uniting on ideas. And it's tough with the infighting. And, you know, I know the common argument is, well, it's not infighting if someone is, you know, using talking points that shows they're not really a leftist. It's not really infighting. And I think that that's, you know, valid in many cases, but it's also, I mean, now it's like, you know, the infighting is someone didn't ask the same questions to Nick Brana that I would have. So uh, everything that they ever say is going to be, you know, wrong. You know, it's, it's, and I guess what I'm curious, like your thoughts are on like, you, know, you, you talked about with like the um, with the women's summit how you had different ideologies and how we need to be able to unite with people that we otherwise disagree with on things that we do overlap on. And I guess what I'd ask the question I'd ask is like, what lessons have you learned as you've had people you've disagreed with? Like, what is like what lessons have you learned on how to um, kind of bridge these gaps? That was a lot. Um, but no, it's, it's, I, I guess in reference to the lessons that I've learned, I think one of the things, one of the mistakes that I used to do, uh, I would say a couple years ago, I used to try to lead with the conversation. I used to try to lead with the issues that I knew we disagreed on instead of leading with the issues that I knew we would, we would agree on. And as I got older, I look back on that and I realized I didn't go about that the right way. Because a lot of times, if you lead with the issues that you disagree with that person on, then obviously there's going to be tension there. They're probably not going to listen to the rest of what you have to say. So what I learned along the way, and I learned this a lot in like, um, I learned this a lot in workshops with working with uh, students. Uh, and learning how to communicate with people who may not necessarily want to communicate with you. And one of the things that I learned is that you want to find common areas of interest first. And you may think that you don't have anything in common with someone who is conservative. I can guarantee you, you might have at least one thing in common with them. But you'll never find that out if you only stick to people on your side, on your team. So I think what's important to know is that um, you have to find areas where you have common interests, start with that first, and then you can get to the topics that you disagree on. And I think 
I think that's the better way to go about it. And and looking back on things, I would have done things differently had I had that insight back then. That's great. Um, and I know I already kind of threw a lot of ideas, but, um, you know, I'll let the uh, go to the next caller. But, you know, thanks for listening. All righty. Okay, Emily, you're next. Let's let's see if this this does it, okay? So I just selected take next caller and you'll want to unmute. Hello. Hello. How y'all doing? Doing all right? Yeah. Uh, get what Sabby. I'm a big fan of your show. I love your show. And I love that you speak the truth. And I like your show. And I like you on RBM. And I'm a power supporter and I'm a transgender supporter on your channel. You heard what I said? Thank you so much. Thank uh-huh. you. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. And just like you said about the supermarket, it's so high. I'm from Georgia and I had to pay $10 for a piece of chicken. It costs so much money. And just like you said about you got to be rich and now go to the supermarket. And that's why I said we need to have a community garden, grow our own food, and try to stay away from the supermarket. And just like you are white about America is don't want to believe because they've been propagandized for so many times. And you know, I like Watch the Kamikaze. I watch you. I watch RBM. And, you know, I watch um, Lottie Progressive Channel. And now I find out today, RT is canceled. Yep. They, they shut it down Be due, due to the uh, crisis in uh, Ukraine. That got something to do with us. It was we done. We overthrow their government. And they and we put a puppet, we put a puppet government in Ukraine, and you know we made a crisis of Russia, and you know that's where we are. Hello, Sabby, still listen? Yeah, no, you're right. Like everything, it just it you know. The United States government has to learn how to take responsibility, and I don't think that will ever happen, at least not in my lifetime. Uh, so I think it's important for those of us that, that do know about these things, we need to spread that message to as many people as possible because yeah, a lot I of people agree. are propagandized. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think, listen to the uh, Jana MSNBC, Fox News, uh, a, uh, a, um seeing they're all owned by the mega corporations. They're all owned by um, the corporations who uh, their interest is not looking out for the poor people. Their interest is looking out for themselves and the rich people. Yep. And Yeah. 100%. And you know, uh, because just like what they did to Bernie Sanders, and they want to. They didn't want to talk about Bernie Sanders. They they want to destroy him, and so they want Joe Biden. And now, and now they can't cover for Joe Biden. 
And now they're trying to push Hillary down our throat or Trump. They're all the same. It don't matter who you vote for. They're all the same. Well said. Well said. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, but like I... Oh, go hello? Ahead. Go ahead. Till I, 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 you know, I, um, till like, um, uh, till like what's going on in Russia, we, we don't have one mindset that Russia is the bad guy. But I'm, but, but, but you never hear a discussion that United States expand on they, uh, on the border and that why Russia, uh, and knowing that we overthrown that government, you only hear one uh, point of view. Yep. And you know, like, uh, when it come down to Russia, so I love your coverage on Russia, and you know I I like your show, and um, and you know keep doing keep doing the good work. All right, I'm gonna head on out. Um okay. and keep doing a good work and I'll see you later. Bye. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily. Okay, guys. I did just realize the time. It's almost eleven o'clock, so <laughs> I didn't realize I've been talking for this long. Um, so I am gonna go ahead and end the uh call in room and then I'm gonna head out here on uh YouTube as well. Guys, thank you so much for everyone who was listening. Uh I'm sorry the app on Android still needs uh obviously a little bit of work. But we got through it. And thanks so much, Eric, for helping me out. Um, Elijah Logan, thank you so much for this comment on Rockfin. Also, for college tours, look into local college black student unions, left wing. Oh, I can't see it, Eric. You, uh, yeah. Uh, left wing clubs and see if they can host you at a meeting. Oh, that's a good idea, Elijah. Good idea. All right, guys, I am, oh, let me go ahead and, uh, okay, um, I am about to head out. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for bearing with my um, technical difficulties here. I'm sorry. I gave, I gave you a head up, a heads up. It was my, <laughs> this is going to be our first time. Um, but thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. I am going to head out. I hope you guys have a good weekend. So, uh, have a good night. Let me go ahead and end the room on call in. So have a good weekend to everyone on call in.